Uh, the sermon for this evening is based on uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. The sermon is entitled, Joyfully Lutheran, the Fourth Petition of the Lord's Prayer. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Give us this day our daily bread. And as we look around and dwell upon all that we have, it is in this petition that we are reminded at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, even at the middle of the day, even when you're driving or even when you're on your work break, we are reminded in this petition that God is the giver of all things. And thus we thank, praise, serve, and obey Him. As daily we live in deep gratitude for all that He has done, provided, and continues to provide in our lives. It's a reminder to all of us that we're not out there alone, but that we live under the care of our perfect Father, our Lord. Harrison writes in Joyfully Lutheran, to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving is a matter of faith in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One may be cognizant of all, the, uh, all that He gives in creation, but without faith in the Son of God, an explicit knowledge of all that has been done and continues to be done by the Holy Spirit to grant us faith and gather the church, I would be ignorant of the Trinity to whom my thankfulness is directed. Give us this day our daily bread. Isn't it all about direction? The direction to whom we give thanks. And we know the answer, of course, right? The Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the one who has created, redeemed, and sanctified all of us in this one true faith. A lot to be thankful for in who we are as redeemed, before paid children of God. The direction is all towards Him. But we in our sinful flesh, as we know, how easy it is to become directionless. That we forget the direction to which we give all of our thanks. For it's in this battle of sin where this direction, rather than thanking the Lord, 
We'd rather go towards our own cravings of the belly and the salivating mouth that takes over as it thirsts for the world. We fail in our direction, in our focus on who to thank. I think we, we see it in the Israelites. I mean, we read our Psalm 136 text, right? We see the steadfast love endures forever. And we know that because I think we said that 25 times. I love that, right? It's a good reminder of who our father is and his steadfast love. But in the midst of that steadfast love, we know of the story of the Israelites. Hungry and thirsting and complaining. Why did Moses bring us out into the wilderness only to die? Oh, we could have been by the meat pots, eat bread to the full. How life could have been if we just stayed back there in slavery. All the meanwhile, forgetting the plagues that God gave, the Passover, the parting of the Red Sea. As God continued to provide the manna and the quail, the water from the rock, and you would think this would solidify time and time again the direction to which they would give thanks. But yet we very well know they're human, just like us. And in sin, they fell to disbelief. They failed to see who to give thanks to and, and the joy that the Lord had already given to them as the children of God, as the chosen nation, Israel. They failed to see who the giver of all things were. They failed to see, to, to, to know that they lived under his care because their covetous hearts and minds, their filthy greed took over. The story of Zacchaeus is of the same ilk. It's about covetousness. It's about greed. A story where this, not just any tax collector, but this chief tax collector, not just the chief tax collector, but a rich tax collector. I wonder how he got rich. The people despised him. And no one wanted anything to do with this man. Outcasts he was. After all, he defrauded people out of their own money. And you do not want that reputation among the people. But this was Zacchaeus. And there Jesus entered Jericho as he's passing through. And, and there he saw this short-statured man. I could definitely resonates with myself. I don't know if I can climb up a sycamore tree before I pull out my back, but that's how much he wanted to see Christ. Of all the people in the crowd, of all the people he could have chosen, Jesus calls on Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Today. And there, of course, many grumbled, right? I can imagine them saying, why would Jesus sit down with this man, a sinner, a man who has defrauded many people out of their money? He deserves no time with Jesus. Jesus should not want any part of him. But Jesus goes to his house, calls him to repentance, and there, by the fruits of repentance, we see Zacchaeus' words. 
Not only would he give half of all that he had to the poor, but he would give fourfold to those that he had defrauded. And there we see Jesus with those words again. Today, I go to your house today. And today, salvation has come to this house, since he is the son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. There is much to learn from this gospel reading. Zacchaeus, we learn how daily bread, although it is a great thanksgiving, can be a disastrous and destructive idol. An idol it was for Zacchaeus before he met Jesus. This rich man, a, a heart full of greed, of mine, 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 as Harrison describes, I love these words, De he describes this covetousness as a death grip on money and possessions, or the rigor mortis, rigor mortis, right? Oh, wow. Of self-centeredness. When we pray to the Lord, give us this day our daily bread, we are reminded and we are quickly to realize that this death grip on money and possessions was never a grip that we had at all. This rigor mortis of self-centeredness was nothing but a deception of idols, of the devil, of the flesh, of the world, because we very well know that all things come from God. But there we know also the disease of idolatry of mammon and possessions, how dangerous they can become. This bread, how we tell ourselves first, Thank you, Lord, for all that you give. But as the day progresses quickly, how we tell ourselves, how we become apathetic, how we become more wanting of this world, how we tell ourselves, I am not content, I need more, and God has not given me enough. And there my idolatrous heart goes on this never-ending path of deceptive self-fulfillment. No longer thanking God as the Lord of all things, no longer content that all gifts come from our Lord. The covetous heart, that disease, takes over our being. Vocation then becomes all about what we desire, our own glory, our own possessions, as we are the sole builders, the sole providers of our lives, and soon enough, we completely turn away from God, not even acknowledging God for all that he has given to us as our idols take the forefront. Zacchaeus, you and I, we very well know the great temptation of this world. But by God's grace, out of all the people he could have called, he calls Zacchaeus and says, let's go to your house today. We'll go to your house. I'll show you who I am. Salvation is Jesus. There I will forgive you and show you who I am as the bread of life. And thus Zacchaeus goes. 
with great joy as salvation had come onto that house that day. And he goes off in great joy, set free to love and serve as his daily bread was once an idol, but now is an opportunity to use for the glory of God, to love and serve neighbor and to give to those in need. What do we learn about Zacchaeus? We learn that all things come from our Lord. The matter of contentedness, sufficiency, and fulfillment is always there because our Lord gives us what we need. Give us this day our daily bread. There is many things, many causes of why we give thanks to our Lord. But for Zacchaeus, for you, and even myself. The great gift that we have, the truest bread that we give thanks for is Jesus. Because it is the Lord who gives us Jesus. And we're not climbing ladders to get to Jesus. We're not climbing mountains to get to God. It's Jesus who comes to that town. It's Jesus who calls out Zacchaeus. It's Jesus who comes to us. To this world, dead in sin, lost and condemned, He is the one who comes to save us. It is our Lord who by His mercy came to this world to stand in our place, to deliver us the gift of forgiveness, life, and salvation by the way of His own death, the death upon the cross, His crucifixion, that through his life-saving work, you would know what true thanksgiving is. True thanksgiving is Jesus dying for you. Or there in his death, he washes away all of your sin. True thanksgiving is knowing that death is not the end. True thanksgiving is knowing in faith that what God has done and what He has promised is that we have a seat in His kingdom because we live in His resurrection. We live and have great joy and true thankfulness because of the resurrection. Where there we know the true bread of life has overcome all things. There we know as he proves that he is the truth, the son of God. That he is the acceptable sacrifice as the uh, reconciliation to God all by his death and resurrection. And there we know true thanksgiving. Where every thirst is quenched. Where every hunger is satisfied. And thus in this joy, like Zacchaeus, we too go, we go and serve, knowing that we are not at the beck and call of money and mammon, we're not dictated by the things of this world, but rather we live under the Father's care, His mercy, the joyous grace of God's word, the gospel, the sacraments 
that give us the lavish riches of His grace. Wow. Even this night, there is much to be thankful for. You're a child of God. You have already been paid, bought with a price. You are His own. You're clothed with Christ in your baptism. You are forgiven by His death and resurrection. And from those fruits, the fruits of the cross, there every Sunday after Sunday you receive the body and blood of the Lord for the forgiveness of your sins. This is your thanksgiving, knowing that death has lost its sting, that death has been swallowed up, that eternal life is yours. Give us this day our daily bread. We thank our true Father who has covered us through the sending of His Son by His blood. And there, as His true children, we go. We go thankful. We go blessed as we live, move, and have our being. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Midweek Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.